Good afternoon and welcome to Community Focus at JJY. I'm Ken Thomas along with Tess Taylor and today we're visiting with our friends from Crowing Energized and specifically today Lowell Johnson joins us. Lowell is the chair of the ACES and Resilience Coalition. Lowell, first of all, welcome to Community Focus. Thank you. So I'm sure our listeners are curious, what is the ACES and Resilience Coalition? We um, began seven years ago. Our purpose statement is to bring forward public information about the adverse childhood experiences. ACEs is the acronym for that. Mm -hmm. And to build resilience at the individual, family, and community level. So very briefly, ACEs is a problem. Resiliency building is the answer, and that's what we're trying to work on. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So tell us more about your work. Uh, You started this a few years back. What are you doing? Well, the history of the project that I'm working with now goes back to 2021 when Karen Johnson and I um, took a webinar on a project called, it was called 100 Cups of Coffee. Hmm. And that uh, uh, project was developed by Melissa Adelson, who's a researcher with Wilder Researcher, Wilder Research. Mm-hmm. And um, the basic idea behind it was that people who Uh, design programs and make policies sometimes are out of touch with the uh, people they're trying to serve Mm -hmm. so the idea was let's talk directly with these people that can be generally called marginalized or the the kind of criteria was people who are closest to the problems but farthest from organizational decision making so uh, we changed the name of it to 100 Community Conversations, but it's the 100 Cups of Coffee model. Yeah. And so starting in 2021, we started interviewing individuals. So we ended up doing 105 individual interviews wow. with uh, trained interviewers from the community. That wow. had to be fascinating. No doubt. And did you archive these interviews? Are they recorded? Are they saved? Um, yeah. So um, the uh, 105 individual interviews went to the folks at Essentia Health, their data people, and they looked over them all and kind of coded them and put them into a report, uh, 100 community 100 community conversations report. So that uh, report is available through Growing Energized and uh, is available for people to look at. Hmm. Uh, Tell us more about the interviews. What were some of the questions? What were you looking into? So the interview um, structure um, uh, kind of uh, consisted of three parts. The first was, um, what are the challenges or barriers that you've faced in the, in the community? Mm-hmm. Um, the next section was, um, what are the strengths of the community? What, what's happening that's good in our community? And then the third um, section was uh, more about ways that individuals might want to help uh, improve the community. So um, those were the three general sections and... Um, yeah, and the thing that I, um, I I had an experience that I'm calling an empathy stretch when I was doing the interviews. I was sitting down with people that I normally don't hang out with and finding out about their lives and mm-hmm. and found myself being empathetic towards uh, that particular situation. Absolutely. And so um, that was really the impetus for me and the other interviewers that we need to um, – by developing empathy in the 
in the community. Uh, Brenny Brown has a saying that's something like, um, you can't hate somebody when you're standing close to them. Yep. So yep. let's get to know each other's stories as a way to build empathy and compassion in the greater community. And it's literally putting yourself in someone else's shoes and actually hearing their story and, and seeing them face to face. It can be very powerful. Right. Mm-hmm. So the official, the, the conceptual name of the project we're working on is called Creating a Compassionate Community colon, stories of being same and different. Now, that's mm. not going to end up being the title of the book because it's too many words. Mm. <laughs> right. We're working on that, but that's the thrust of the project. So the interviews that you did, were these folks from all over central Minnesota or specifically with the name Crow Wing Energize? Was it just yeah, Crow Yeah, we Wing tried County? to use um, Crow Wing County as the geographic um, boundary, okay. but people didn't necessarily have to sleep in Crow Wing County because we have a lot of folks who live elsewhere. They work in Crow Wing County. Um, um, Some of the stories we're getting were of uh, youth who were raised here and now as adults have moved on to Mm -hmm. somewhere else, but they've all had a connection with Crow Wing County. So we want these stories to be our community stories as opposed to stories from, you know, long ways away. Right. Of course. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And what were some of the results? Can we ask? Can you uh, tell us about uh, something you learned yeah. maybe from the some interviews? Of the, some of the takeaways from mm-hmm. these interviews. Okay. Well, um, folks did feel uh, like they weren't understood or valued. I'm thinking specifically of an interview I did with um, a fellow who uh, – Crystal Meth Anonymous group at the Upfront Alano Club. And one of the things he said – and I experienced just going over to the uh, Alano Club was how people, how twelve-step programs are so valuable in making connections among people. Huge. And um, I walked in to have the meeting, uh, interview with him an hour before the twelve-step uh, meeting happened. There's already six or eight people there, just hanging out, you know, just enjoying each other's company. I did the interview and I came out, and now there's fifteen to twenty people who are already there, and you could feel the vibe in the air of this is um, 12-step groups become like family. Absolutely. a support group for folks um, trying to make change in their lives. And that's where the the people realize that they're not alone in their struggles, and just sharing that sometimes can make all the difference in the world. To know you're not alone, like you said, that connection that people have, and if it's with other addicts who are in recovery or or struggling, you get it. And then also, I think the other maybe insight was how much people want to, who've, you could say, had some unfortunate lives, um, how, how they still want to help. They mm-hmm. want to be part of a thriving, healthy community, and they want to do things. So that was very inspiring to me. Yeah. Uh- were, were these people targeted because of the adverse childhood experiences, and or was that a common thread that you found when talking? It was more of a common thread that wow. came out during the conversations. Interesting. Wow. And in some cases, uh, people didn't have the uh, various lived experiences, but they were the parents or grandparents or caretakers of someone who had uh, experienced some adversity in their mm-hmm. life. Fascinating. God, that sounds cool. So where do, you said the, the uh, Essential Health is putting together a report, but what else happens with this information? Well, what's happened since the report was um, uh, finished um, is we are, have formed a group we're calling Moving 100 Conversations into Action. 
So with, again, a lot of processing uh, with different people. So what uh, where we stand right now is that we have three kind of subgroups working on the three areas are mental health, housing, and inclusion and equity. So each of those three groups are meeting and trying to figure out how what can we do to improve um, life in our community. So we're just getting going on that. But the project that I'm coordinating at the moment um, is involved with uh, publishing a book and doing a video interview series mm. of uh, folks. So, so again, we can get these stories of being same and different out to the community to reduce stigma and stereotypes and build more positive relationships. So, um, yeah, it's been pretty exciting seeing these stories come in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would think so. And very compelling, I would have to think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Interesting, interesting. Well, good luck with the next phase of this project. I think it would be great if we could all uh, enjoy the empathy that you felt. Yeah, yeah and that, that is the hope. And, and it's not just me, it's the other interviewers. And there's a lot of folks in the community who get this project and are supportive of it. So mm-hmm. um, It just takes a little open mind and some understanding and yeah, the, we're, you know, we're the willingness hope- to understand that yeah. we're not all the same, but yet we are. <laughs> yeah, we're hoping the uh, book and uh, video project are, are ready this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, so we're, we'll, we have many steps to accomplish before that happens. But again, we're getting a lot of support and encouragement. And you're still looking for stories, are you not, to be included in this book? Yes, yes, we are. Okay. So if um, if I'm sort of the contact person for the project, <laughs> so if anybody's interested in getting a copy of the writer's prompt, um, they can reach me at my email address, which is johnsonlowellss, as in Sam, at gmail.com. And I'll send you out the writer's prompt with uh, kind of guidelines for what we're looking for and uh, hopefully get some more submissions. What are just a couple of things so people, uh, if they're interested in doing this, they kind of know what avenue to take? What, what are some of the questions that are in that prompt? Well, I'll read the prompt right now. <laughs> um, the prompt is, what has or is life like in rural Minnesota for you? What are some barriers or challenges you are or were faced with? from childhood to today. Have you experienced any shifts in emotions, knowledge, attitudes, and behaviors to date? How are you doing now, and what's next? Okay. So the theme that, and the stories have been submitted so far, is one of hope, that even though life can be go really kind of bad for people in cruddy. lots of ways, yep. change is possible, is mm-hmm. happening. And um, the theory of change that I subscribe to is that uh, the fir- the, there's two necessary conditions. The first is that the per- a person has to want to change because you can't change somebody who doesn't want to change. 100%. But the second um, condition is nobody does it by themselves. You People who change do it in some kind of a supportive community, and that can be faith community. It can be family, friends. It can be 12-step groups, professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's a variety of, of folks who will help people. Uh, change in the ways they want to change. And so. everybody thinks they can do it alone, but I'm telling you, you can't. <laughs> and reach out because there's others who have experience and who can help you. And it's so much easier to do it with someone else than by yourself. Yes, so. right. that's the essence. How, how long uh, uh, of a writing piece are you looking for with these? Well, in the, in the writer's prompt, it, it asks for six to 800 words is an ideal length because then we have the potential of putting it in the midweek motivator of the Brainerd Dispatch. That's the word mm. count they want. However, some of what um, uh, the stories can be longer or shorter um, and, and 
I forgot to mention that besides stories, um, we're also looking for poems and artwork. Mm. So we'll um, uh, submissions of black and white artwork, either drawings or black and white photographs. Uh, poems, uh, you know, there are different ways to communicate. So, mm-hmm. and then some of the stories that have c- come in have been longer than 800 words, and that's okay. It's just that we have an 80,000 word limit in the book, so sure. everything has got to fit together. Yeah, interesting. All right. This sounds amazing. Yeah. Uh, and what a great idea. I mean, mm-hmm. from the very start, this 100 cups of coffee idea that you took mm-hmm. for 100 conversations, you're right. There's so many voices that are just waiting to be mm-hmm. heard, if you mm-hmm. will. Yes. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Uh, Lowell, anything else we should know about coming up with Crowing Energized? Well, there, uh, there's a number of things happening. Uh, May is Mental uh, Health Awareness Month, and the next uh, each Monday night in May, there's been a speaker. Um, the next one is going to be Destiny Brown um, on Monday, the uh, 22nd, um, from 6 to 7.15. The uh, uh, presentations are held at, at Ascentia. This one uh, looks like a new location, though, for this one. Um, Central Lakes well, College looks like they've moved oh, it yes, this time. Oh, yes, thank you mm-hmm. for noting that. Yeah, <laughs> the location has been changed to Central Lakes College. Um, and then there's going to be a story time at the Brainerd Public Library on Tuesday, May, tw- uh, May 23rd. And then um, Growing Energies also has their pop-up produce happening um, June 8th from 10 to noon, also out at Central Lakes College. And... Um, that as part of the organizational efforts around this, we're, we've had some Make It Okay ambassadors trained. So Make It Okay is basically a stigma reduction campaign. Yep. Um, uh, st- the basic li- uh, truth is stigma kills. When yeah. people feel so stigmatized they won't go ask for help, uh, they can actually die from preventable mental health conditions Mm -hmm. so we want to make it okay to talk about both mental illness and substance use disorder which is another Mm -hmm. large problem in the community and then we've also had a number of people recently trained in ACE interface which is again the uh, ACEs 101 what to you know basic knowledge about adverse childhood experiences and resiliency building so we have uh, speakers who can go out and talk about Mm-hmm. Um, these issues in more depth to any group that would like to have somebody come in. So, And if you're interested in any of these programs or becoming part or learning the training and that kind of thing, I know the website is amazing, crowingenergize.org. Yeah. Has and Karen Johnson is the person who really mm-hmm. makes things happen there. So She does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. check it out, crowingenergize.org. Is your information there too, Lowell, do you know? On the, on the program that you've been working on? <laughs> if it's not, it might be soon or contact Karen, right? Okay, there we go. Back <laughs> to contact Karen. Thank you. You got it. <laughs> all right. Well, Lowell, it's been fun talking to you. Great project. Thanks for all your work, and I hope to talk to you again soon. Yeah. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks, right. sir. Our guest today, Lowell Johnson, chair of the ACEs and Resilience Coalition. I'm Ken Thomas, along with Tess Taylor, and that is today's edition of Community Focus. Don't forget our Community Focus programs can be found anytime. They're on our website at 1067wjjy.com. Or you can listen through our free downloadable app anytime, and that is powered by Cuyuna Regional Medical Center.